0: Hello and welcome back to Centered Subject, your Extension entertainment hour. I'm broadcasting from Los Angeles and New York, today we have our guest. A previous guest has returned. Zoe Asia Moore is here. Hello,
1: hello. I'm happy and to be in Europe.
0: It's so nice to have you here. Again. Yeah, we're having a frantic podcasting <sighs> moment, gathering our bodies into one place to join Australius the body of Jenny in New York hello that's right
2: it exists Mm -hmm. yes the body of Jenny in New York exists
0: excellent here I am all three so here we are Um, just because I only forget I'm just going to say that we have a Patreon now and I haven't been um, following any of the like best practice guidelines that patreon has been sending me which means like you have to text all your friends and ask them to contribute some money so it doesn't look desperate <laughs> i haven't done any of mm-hmm. so so far i think we have like one subscriber and hopefully we'll just have more um eventually so please remember to look at the description of this episode and there will be a link that you can click to um support our valiant <laughs> frantic efforts so, into eternity? Yes. Today is... Eternal. P- eternal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Today is... Eternal. So
2: why why did you choose you you suggested this topic? Why yeah. did you suddenly land upon the eternal?
0: Uh, I was browsing some household items. I was thinking I should update my linens with some linen, <laughs> and you know, I was in the internet, which is where one looks for such things. And I came across um, this one website, you know, that sells household uh, beautiful objects, and I was just struck by some of the objects, which were like wooden boxes or, mm. you know, clay boxes or stone boxes. And I was just struck by, you know, and they cost varying amounts of money. Some yeah. some looked like quite expensive and, you know, some looked artisanal. But I was just struck by the fact how there's this wooden box, which I think has been used for, you know, like I bet the wooden box is like one of the first things that humans have made, mm. like a stone, and you know, like a stone hiding box for the precious things. Anyway, it hadn't changed shape, really, you know? It hadn't changed the material, but it has changed its kind of presence of where... I mean, it's just... uh, Symbolically, I think, it changed in a way. Now, to have a wooden box is almost not a practical thing. Mm -hmm. Like, none of those wooden boxes were practical. They were just sort of pretty, and they were expensive, and they were not handmade, and they were on the internet. You know, they were just glowing... So it just got me thinking about how some things are eternal, some
2: objects are <laughs> eternal. Yeah, the form of the object.
0: And how some feelings feel eternal, and Internet feels eternal, and just, you know, nothing. What is the eternal? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I kept thinking when I was... Looking into this, that there was some philosophical concept <laughs> related to it, I was like the object, the eternal object. That sounds like a thing, yeah. and indeed it is. But so he knows
0: about it, something about it. Do you know? Oh, something really? Better? Great. No, I
1: just got lost in the oh yeah the know, eternal really, hole. Yeah, the whitehead eternal object.
2: Yeah, I know. So if anybody's an expert on the. It, and I've asked various philosophers, and everybody knows that it exists, but nobody can explain it. Oh. I read this, this article, it was just like some random philosophical article online about Whitehead's theory, but in connecting the I, the concept of the eternal object to square dancing, which I thought was some really wacky academic work. So I was trying to figure out what the eternal object is based on that, and I could not figure it out until today. When I'm pretty sure the, the concept of the eternal object is pretty much what you were just saying, Elena, like it is a pattern which brings value or intrinsic reality uh, to life or to an event or to something. So um, So you can talk about the square dance as an eternal object because it has these infinite patterns that repeat and it's always different, mm-hmm. but yet always has a consistent order. And so there's some relationship between the eternal object and beauty, right? Because it has this order, it's always in the moment, like that box is useful, but but also like in proportion to the human body always, you know, in this kind of beautiful mm. ratio of proportion or something. So um, I'm not quite done working on the eternal object from Whitehead's theory, if we know anybody who knows it better. I bet there's some people out there that listen to this that know about it. I'd like to know, but... Um, yeah just I got me thinking about like eternal patterns and
0: mm-hmm.
2: and just you know in terms of performance and um, systems or like hex signs you know those Amish people signs that people put up on the uh, on like a barn will will be like you know a circle with different shapes i think of bright colors or like mandalas or something with the eternal object i like go into this very yeah this this very uh, what's the holy mountain kind of place when I think about mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh I had a terrifying experience this
0: last night yeah. actually with an eternal which continued this morning yes um, and then I want to ask Zoe about this um, eternal pattern <laughs> but, of behavior yeah. but Okay, so last night I I had a bit of an, I had insomnia and I woke up, um, I was trying to be good and I went to sleep at 10.30 so I could wake up really early and go to yoga. But of course I never go to sleep very early so of course I woke up at 2 and then I woke up and I opened my eyes and I also forgot to turn off like my light I was reading and I was suddenly really scared because on the kind of shelf credencer thing that faces my bed, there was this long pole with cross on top of it. (laughs) A what? Cross. It was a cross. It was like a strange cross. It was like a, basically a cross on a long leg mm. standing. You know, it was it was a lucid oh. dream, like dream. It was like a lucid dream. And it was something like, and then I got really scared. Um, I was really... Oh Awesome. And then I realized that it was a selfie stick.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> that had like
0: a strange... <laughs> You know, like, the the top part that holds your phone, it was, like, twisted. And somehow together, (laughs) it formed.
2: (laughs) Wow. Magical object, terrible. Terrible. A cross,
0: and then this morning I went to get milk at the store. And this, sw- <laughs> and then I was standing behind this woman, and she turned around and looked at me. And she had a cross on her
2: forehead because oh, it's yeah, like that- Ash Wednesday, Ash yeah. Wednesday. Anyway, I yeah. feel <laughs> the day of smudges. You remind me a lot of Alyosha in uh, Brothers Karamazov right now, or just like all of that, right? Just like being so freaked out. You're like a modern version of, like, spiritual panic, but, like, it's a selfie stick, and just... <laughs> but also, like,
0: you know, there's, like, it's like such egoism implicit, you know, in the selfie stick.
2: Oh, what have I done?
0: Facing you with a cross... You know, it's it was really and it was, you know it was like horrific you know to wake up right. in the middle of the night and see this <laughs> <laughs> apparition. Oh my god! And and then I felt really guilty that I'm not religious and yeah. Are you now? Are you gonna? I think I'm getting there. Yeah. 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 That was right. It's gonna happen. It's true. Maybe I'll change my pattern and behavior. But Zoe, so you mentioned the other day a pattern, a eternal pattern that. Oh, oh Elan well, and I were talking about
1: eternity. I was thinking about eternal patterns like I'm habits that are unchanged
0: unchangeable habits cool change your habit
1: i keep trying to download these different apps to change my (laughs) habits Uh and and i try each one of them and you know i had one called fabulous that reminded me to drink water in the morning and yet every time it reminded me i insisted on keeping my own pattern and not listening to it
2: yeah oh yeah so you, you refuse the water refuse as your I refuse the water,
1: and I might have drank the water had the thing not reminded me. But the, oh. the insistence of contrarian. the app right, made right. me feel contrary.
0: Yeah, mm. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting that I think there's also something forever. The app doesn't know that you didn't drink the water, maybe, or right. does it? Or do you just yeah. click it off? Oh. So it, I would just have like, to
1: be honest with it. For
0: it No. Are you honest with it? No. Exactly. So it doesn't know, so it will, for, and I think it can just continue forever reminding you to drink water. Right. And I will
2: forever
0: refuse Yeah. It. Maybe you, yeah. Yeah, like what happens when you die? <laughs> just yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, we talk about that a lot with the um, relationship of the human to the, to the internet or to the phone, you know? It's like the phone thing is trying to impersonate a human. It's trying to be in time. Yeah. But it is eternal because it's beyond time. I guess right. so it's like trying to pretend like it's just sitting there and it's thirsty and it's like, I'm so thirsty. I wish you were thirsty. Oh, yeah. Like me. Well, it's oh, like a mirror. It's, yeah. 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 But it's like a fucked up, uncanny mirror. It's a really
1: distorted mirror. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you feel in the end, it sort of entrenches you in your, in a way in your habit. If yeah. You're not...
1: Because you want to like insist on your own humans yeah. to, to exactly, way, you know? Yeah. What other, what other apps do you have? There's the water app? There's the water app, but that's not a water app. It just decided that what I needed was water. It's yeah. a habit app. Weird. Oh, speaking of patterns, I have been looking
2: at the pattern lately. Oh, meaning to download. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the pattern. I endorse it. It can have... I didn't give it money, but it can have my endorsement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like it picks up on patterns of behavior?
2: I, it, tr- it tries to tell you what your deal is in a really direct way. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I feel like interestingly enough, I think when I think when these messages come from the apps to tell us to do something, I also have a resistance. But when it shows me insight or it purports to show me insight into my behaviour or my like inner self then somehow i find myself more accepting
1: yeah Mm. like the pattern isn't looking at your behavior patterns really it's looking at astrological patterns right
2: to something yeah we don't like being told what to do but we like being understood so somehow the app can communicate to us clearly that it if it if it gets us to believe it that it gets us and that we see re- we feel resonance with it, we'll kind of listen to it more readily, maybe. Mm-hmm. But we super hate being told what to do directly. I think that's pretty accurate in general.
0: Yeah, true, true. Um, what else did we want to discuss on the docket? You wanted to talk about the nude and how well the body is obviously eternal. It's just iterations right. of. Right. Humans with two legs and arms and breasts.
2: Nipples, I think so. I mean, Well, the, so I watched uh, a documentary on BBC by Mary Beard, who's one of my favorite documentarians. On and she
0: also posed nudely recently, right?
2: Yes, she did. And um, she exists in this really interesting feminist feminist uh, historian place where she's she's trying to use her historical assessment of ancient Rome and and Greece and look at things to try to figure out where a lot of the sexist tendencies, where they started, how they translated through time. And then she presents different writers and different or different pieces of art that kind of subvert that system. So um, I forget what the, you can find it on YouTube, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, she's, it's recent. It's about the nude and she, she contrasts male artists and female artists and talks about the way they treat the female nude in different ways, and she kind of like, um, oh, who's that comedian? Uh, what's her name? Anyway, she like others uh, talks about how maybe the nude was softcore, and it's a lot of a lot of art that was painted is you know in the male gaze and is problematic and so but there's also been art about that and the female object got created the nude was created as like a representation of the female object it's not a naked person there was like this big differentiation that was made Mm -hmm. right in the creation of art but her thesis basically is like that's not exactly true. And men were presented a lot more often in ancient Greece and Rome and everyone was much more comfortable with the male nude and then the female nude came into play and the relationship with the female nude has been pretty fraught and complicated for you know, as long as this existed because it brings out all of the sexual complexities of the society and some of that involves power. Mm-hmm. And then there's a really some really interesting stuff about the male nudes and how male nudes are are seen by you know straight men, and how that's not exact that's not exactly the same kind of art. It it doesn't sell as quickly. It mm-hmm. certainly wasn't made as <laughs> readily as like the female nude. And hmm, I wonder why that is. Not as interesting. Yeah, I mean it was just yeah it was porno. I mean it's okay, no big deal. But you know it's porno. So um, so then she did some ex- experiments with female. Female gaze and some really nice stuff about Gentileschi, uh, Artemisia Gentileschi, uh, who was a female artist working and doing a lot with nudes, but doing using the female form in different ways. So she did like five or six different paintings of this of this one rape scene from the Bible. And she was like a survival of sexual violence. Mm. And she presents the nude in a totally different way than it gets presented in other paintings of the same thing, which kind of has this like more pervy style to it, where you can, like her attitude was that you can kind of see that this was painted by a rape victim and saw the female body in a different way. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. So like the, the female object, like what does it be to... See it, what does it be to be it and see it? Um, what does it mean to represent it yourself as a woman? Very interesting stuff,
0: yeah. I think it's um interesting you mentioned that, like being represented as a rape victim, because mm-hmm. it also ties into um, it ties into my kind of eternal thinking maybe about um, sexual violence and how it often goes unpunished. And obviously, Weinstein um, did get sentenced this week, which mm-hmm. I was so surprised by. I was. Utterly convinced that he was not
2: going to be convicted for some reason. Wow.
0: Yeah. Really? Why?
2: Because he's so powerful that you were like...
1: Wasn't he not convicted of the two more severe charges?
2: That's right, yeah.
0: Right, yes, but he was still convicted. I, I guess I just thought that he wouldn't get any time. I thought he would just mm. go oh. completely exonerated because I just didn't you believe. Could- I think it in some way he did seem invincible. Um, and I think the way that... The trial was portrayed, you know, the way that witnesses and mm-hmm. were reduced to tears and panic attacks. And mm-hmm. I think there's this sense of, of showing emotions always feels to me in these kind of power, political, judicial settings as weakness. And mm. somehow I just was convinced that his money and yeah. the line of defense that they were... You know, taking advantage of him and his power would just somehow. Mm. I mean, I just think it's so interesting because I feel like that's
1: just what we've been. I mean, that is our habitual thinking right now, right? Is that power. That kind of power will always hold.
0: Exactly. It will
1: always be on top and it's kind of unbreakable.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It feels eternal. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, well, Epstein, Epstein went to prison, and I think that I, I was shocked the other way that he didn't get the full sentence because I thought that we are in a period where the judicial system is catching up with, you know, respecting women's stories, and so I was shocked that they didn't go the full way with Weinstein. No, I wasn't surprised. Because I think we're in an extreme other way, you know, we're doing things. Not that I think it's wrong. I but. think just well, on think social media, stories, really. Like, our yeah.
1: stories are going the other way, and then we, yeah.
0: we talk to each other, but I don't think the system is so entrenched.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, we also have Donald Trump as president, so it's sort of, we have some mixed messages coming from the systems. Hugely. You know? Huge. Yeah, right.
0: and I think everywhere in so many mm-hmm. countries, I mean, and you see that. Also, if you are looking at world, you know, at, at country leaders, um, there, I think... So many examples of these kind of misogynistic, mm-hmm. just uh, people that get away with everything. Like, you know, Boris Johnson is sort of another example, right? If, they can, yeah. if he just yeah. fornicated his way <laughs> through, through, <laughs> right? mm-hmm. through so many... This is w-
1: reminding me, I read, I found some article that said that the only eternal object was the men's suit. Oh. Which mm-hmm. is so interesting. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. That means that masculinity hasn't changed at all, right? Like, it was saying Mm. that that the the feminine hemline has changed, right? Like, skirts have changed so much over the centuries, but the men's suit has
0: not But do you remember the pumpkin trunks, though? There was this terrible time (laughs) in men's (laughs) fashion. where um, they had to wear this hose and stockings and then oh, yeah. they had these two big... It looked like pumpkins, you know? There were these shorts yeah. that oh, looked on each leg as though each leg was threaded yes. with a big grape or pumpkin. No. And so, and then in the middle, they had the cod piece. Right, it's like Twitter, yeah. It's yeah, amazing. it was like no. showcasing um, the co the penis. And then, and, and their legs. Yeah, And but also like sometimes it was really shaped kind of like a like a hook pointing up, like this large sculptural like object. Way? Yes, like very much in a phallic way. So there was like this two pi- imagine like two pumpkins and then in the middle there's like a weird up <laughs> upturned <laughs> cucumber. Sounds great. That was the fashion of I guess. I think was the like late sixteenth century.
2: So it was that and then it just went to suit and then it was suit for the rest of time.
0: Yeah. And then since suit it will be it will remain suit. Yeah, I guess yeah. after the, fl- there was like a flamboyant period also around, the- going back into the Baroque and Rococo and the wigs. And then it was the, ni- actually, it was the French Revolution that really yeah. sobered up the fashion, the male fashion. Right. oddly Puritanism. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, the French Revolution wasn't really puritanical.
2: Well, it was with, yeah, it was. I mean, it was with this, like, very restrained sense of... I mean, they were
0: being atheistic, not puritanical. Yeah,
2: restrained justice. You know, it's consistent with, like, you know, the anti anti catholic anglican kind of mentality of like simplicity and rights and and the you know know. but they were in france they were anti catholic i know but it was a culture it was the cultural revolution happening with all of the like scientific thinking and and going against monarchy and yeah it was a consist it was there was like a tide in fashion happening of conserve to some extent conservatism happening as well as like political political consent.
0: Well they were rooting for simplicity and and, took, and kind of riffing on the antique fashion really. But okay. Yeah. yeah. Not the same.
2: The scientific res- revolution, I think it was like, you know, I've, I'll make a, I'll, I can make a case for like scientific, uh, scientific thinking and then like lack of, in- and like oversimplification and lack of interest in aesthetics and, and, you know, and then that leads to atheism. They had
0: a really high interest in aesthetics and the aesthetics were bored from the antiquity. It was, the idea was to interpret the simplicity, you know, what would perceive the simplicity of, you know, the ancient life and, you know. And so aesthetics were very much in play and to count and also to counterbalance the previous kind of ostentatious fashions, you know, which involved gilded colours right. and frills and
2: Yeah. We have many objects listed here. Candle. Somewhat is there a a light? an eternal light yeah. this is listed on the
1: yeah light. i did add a candle i love that we still use candles even though we really
0: don't have to it's a good point yes yes yeah i've been using i guess we're using them for smell now hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. oh i mean ambiance but also smell sometimes yeah yeah i think i actually picked up my candle habit from view really yes. i didn't even know i had a candle <laughs> habit. I think, like, yeah there's I just something things.
1: yeah uh, we always have one on the
0: dinner. Table. I know, and I was really, I was really happy for Rio for Zoe's son because I just remember when I was a kid, I was really fascinated with candles and, you know, just fire. And my yeah. mom was always super neurotic about like, you know, just having the candle lit anywhere around me. And <laughs> and I was like, oh, Rio is so lucky that he gets to like just hang out with the yes, candle, hang out with the candle a lot. all the time, and yeah. he just sees live fire. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We don't really need it. I guess there are, like, a lot of things that we don't really need, but we just use them as a feeling, to convey a feeling.
2: Yeah, well, to convey a sense of connection to the eternal, to convey a sense of, like, the simple the simple mm-hmm. bowl or the simple life is but a fire. I mean, I think that's cool. I think that's real because we're always in a human body, yeah. and a human body always relates, you know, through the senses to fire. From this, It's beautiful, the sight, the smell. Yeah. You know, the sound, like, it's it brings life into a situation, you know, so I do think that that's always going to be part of us, even if we make the fanciest lights possible, you know, um, even though they burn our houses down. But, um, oh, I found a, I found a fun quote from, um, from antiquity about quarantine, because of course, I'm still, we are still obsessed with coronavirus, <laughs> even though <It's laughs> good. give it a rest uh, on the podcast, but I, no. I keep wanting it to go away so we don't have to talk about it anymore, but it's not. So. Yeah, the modern plague, <laughs> now in Italy. I know. Which yes. connects to yeah the Conron and all that. Yeah, my mom was criticizing the Japanese government with great intensity to me this morning on the train because it was, it was a, according to my mom, everybody, um, no, I think this is real, that the Japanese government was sort of denying that it was... That it really happened. And uh, so she says, I'm going to research it, but she says they let the coronavirus uh, having people just into the Japanese population because they were denying that it was a thing just recently. I was like, what? So here is a quote that is can be debated and, and uh, thought about. How to avoid the plague, 1494. Oh, we need to know. We must guard ourselves against Anger, sadness, fear, worry, and pensiveness. (laughs) This is how we're not going to get the plague. But we should amuse ourselves and take pleasure in sweet songs, entertaining stories, and other similar things. Eternal. We should abstain from sex, if not completely, then mostly. I like that. If not completely, then mostly. Figure that out for yourself. And in such, such times, it is not a good time to take a wife in marriage. Also, it is not good to have political conversations. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is, conversations about civic affairs, especially with people who are ill, or those who are prone to illness. <laughs> Let them Relax. It seems really oppressive. Yeah, well, it does remind me to say, to have, here's my one hysterical thought for the pod, that it reminded me that in moments of outbreak, yes, heroic things happen, and people do a great job of creating public health systems, like I was trying to talk about last time. But also, it causes systems to go into into disarray, and it causes power dynamics to shift, and people start to, to really, you know, it... it puts everything in question and then people have a tendency to fight more, I think, in in systems of power before things get arranged. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little nervous. And I think we saw this, we see this definitely with Trump trying to like prevent anybody from coming into the country and, Mm -hmm. you know, the poor lonely ship, you know, sailing around Mm -hmm. without, without anywhere to put its people, you know? So, so do you guys agree with this advice? Do you think that's what we should do? Should uh, yeah, sounds like we should just be like in our houses and not talk about politics and not have sex. Yeah. I yeah. guess we're doing that right now. <laughs> no wait, we're talking no, about we're talking. Po- yeah. politics
0: yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I hope that Bernie Bernie's eternal, sorry, yeah,
2: me <laughs> too. He is kind of why is he an eternal object? I think because he's he has changing in the best way,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. he's so consistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I wanted to report and something I saw on Instagram yesterday. So following the debates, which were so funny in a way and childish, I feel like like everybody was being like a funny baby, bickering. But then Mm -hmm. um, I was on Instagram and I saw a friend post – her experience of viewing the debates and what she did, she pointed her phone at the candidates, you know, and she gave, and she tried different filters on them. Mm. And somehow it was the best, like, watching these people, like, talk in these masks was, like, the best commentary somehow. I really like this one she did for, she used, um, for Um she used um this kind of, terminator mask you know so like he starts speaking and his face like splits open there's like a weird robot inside oh i love it and then bernie bernie was like you know the one where arrows of love hit the face like suction cups of love and then the cards appear and the eyes of hearts yeah there's those that was really good somehow it got me thinking about the eternity of performance I suppose and the stage you know yeah. the mm, I love that it really brought this kind of stage acting the mask, acting, the mask yeah. you know it really highlighted that aspect of of politics mm. that we're not supposed mm. to talk about
2: um similarly to to the face I found a thing about resting bitch face oh yeah tell us about that pretty interesting I think resting bitch face and this article kind of confirms it is just when a woman doesn't smile and doesn't make a face that makes sense to oh, yeah. like others is coherently uh, the ideal of what a woman should be, which is like ever presently kind and empathetic and working working hard to make other people happy. <clears throat> so they said that. What it is, is a smile. It's rooted in a smile. If you look at it as a micro expression, it's a smile, but it's got like a slightly turned up corner, which they say makes, could make people feel um, like disturbed by it because it seems like contempt. Mm. Um, But It could also seem like questioning or, you know, just like, oh, I'm considering this thought, you know, but I have a neutral, non-necessarily happy or sad face, even though it is a smile. Mm -hmm. And they said also that when men do it, it makes them look powerful and it makes them look like confident and thoughtful. And when women do it, it makes them look like a bitch, like it makes them, the power part doesn't come over to what a woman is. Uh, to what a woman's face looks like Because mm-hmm. we're supposed to be these You know, the female object like I was saying before It's supposed to have, it has a job to do The eternal,
0: yeah, I think the eternal yeah. perception of a
2: woman Yeah 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 like in marriage story, the you know the speech that Lord the famous I just watched it last night where she says you know the standard we're supposed to be is the Virgin Mary yeah yeah, and God was absent and uh, Virgin Mary was there by herself, like having this baby and had to be totally present and, and nice and kind and could do nothing else, you know so yeah, pretty interesting though I don't know like can you, have you ever seen a man do a resting bitch face? No, I can't even imagine it. what is it? I don't know either. I don't know. Hmm. What would it look like? Not sure. I think it just looks like a man standing there wondering what's, you know, it's very neutral.
1: I hear we don't project feelings onto
2: it. Yeah. 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 Or the absence of it. We don't expect them to to be smiling and compassionate.
0: Right. Yeah. No. What do we expect from men? To carry things.
2: They what? (laughs) To carry objects. Yes.
0: More carrying. I think that's why they're supposed to be there. buy alcohol and carry off shoes that's their job that's true
2: and they're not actually supposed to look sad or super emotional i think it's the opposite yeah. too it's like if you see a man standing there and he shows a lot of emotion on his face it's the it's the same prejudice where we're like oh my god that's really disturbing that you're crying in public you know or you're true. Yeah. or you're being really nice like it's it's like oh, oh what's that about yeah yeah, yeah. The eternal the non-eternal gender expectations so it's like be clear about that true
0: gender expectations <laughs> sigh sigh i know but i was thinking it was like i oh, recently like i've had a few moments where you know, someone would take a picture and then i'd see it later and whenever i was not smiling i was so like disturbed by my face somehow i know yeah i was like and i did look i think i looked quite unhappy and yeah, it's mm. odd. Mm. Do you think you were unhappy in the moment? Not even necessarily, but I think the expression conveyed is unhappy. So it's like, well, diff- interesting. So if I don't smile, then I just look unhappy. Mm. It's like the phrasing of your face. The phrasing of my face, yeah. It's yeah. like not a bitch face, but like a tragedy face. Yeah, that's the, that's the mask. Yeah, the, mask the tragic mask, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. There's a weird thing that they uh, that they make you do in meditation sometimes where... You stretch out in this one kind of meditation, then you stretch out your face muscles. So that when you start meditating, you like pick up your eyebrows and you move your mouth a little bit just to know that we're storing all this emotion in our facial muscles. Yeah. And sometimes residual emotion is kind of trapped in those muscles is the theory. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to stretch them out and then you actually feel kind of relieved of the hidden emotional content. And then and then the weird part that I think works but is worthy of Thinking of or working on or thinking if it's real is like when you start to breathe, you're asked to make your mouth go a little bit wider hmm. and then bring up, bring it up in the corners a little bit as you're meditating, hmm. as like some weird biofeedback that will make you feel more happy because you're putting a fake smile on. Right. I
0: mean, I, I guess that's, that's like a. Yeah, people say that it's creepy.
2: I've done it in a little like a tiny way once I stretched my face out first and uh, it did feel good because I did feel more neutral before I was like suggesting and but it doesn't it doesn't have to be like the joker kind of smile and some freaky like big
0: yeah you know
2: mask thing but
0: it's interesting yeah true right I guess like it does probably help but I was just thinking about the way that I think casually you know when we're sort of casually existing and photos are taken I think we expect mm. it as just casual humans women mm. we do there's like an expectation of the smile but I think there's a but if it's a model you know if it's sort of like a model photo shoot situation um, it's a kind of art to, to, not, to smile. not smile you know you're supposed to right. not smile and just be and Smear. I think that's like, in fashion, I feel like not smiling is much more prevalent.
2: Oh, my God, yeah. You know, yes, and definitely. shoots,
0: right? Yeah. And, yeah, what are those faces?
2: I know. Oh, I think faces. they're trying to be eternal. I think that's what's happening. Right. A like, icon,
0: right? Yeah, it's like, true. An icon doesn't smile. Like, no. maybe emotion is too fleeting, mm-hmm. and, like, you oh. just need to be more... Yeah. Um, like, being statues. Like, they're true. not... Statues, yeah exactly being statues right. yeah
2: and they're supposed to deaden their eyes but they look so confident too yes i kind of oh.
0: love it i think confident.
2: Mm, it's true it's yeah creepy. it's cultural yeah why am i jealous of that why do i want to deaden my eyes well because but, i think
0: yeah. when we do experience do emotions they feel eternal as well i mean mm. what do you mean well for me or maybe i think i actually read something about a uh, borderline personality to yesterday and I was like where do I have it it's just the, the ability or maybe I don't know it's the ability but like when emotions feel really big and mm-hmm. sometimes they have. they I think it's situational like when I go through like a hard time or mm-hmm. happy time mm, I feel emotions very acutely but I also feel like they will just last forever you know it's just hard to right. imagine you know yeah. when you're in a lot of pain like you just think it will just it will never change you will always be in pain
1: yeah no, no. It's I, hard I to think like about it I was it. aware of the fleetingness of
0: really? emotion. So, yeah, even yeah, though that they're
1: good. big, I am aware that they won't last.
0: Yeah, yeah. I try to, I try to remind that myself. Like I sort of know that with my mind, but I think there's a different mm-hmm. knowledge in your body. In the body yeah. and, and yeah. then in the mind so in the mind. You know, I say, mm-hmm. "Oh, this will pass like anything." But truly, truly, I don't in believe the body it And yeah. like, no, no, yeah. no, no and yeah. it still be stored in your eyebrows. Amazing, <gasps> yeah. I've been trying to do face yoga but yeah, I don't know if maybe helping but yeah there's also the face yoga you can do which is kind of what you were describing I think yeah. you know just doing mm-hmm. doing all these face stretches yeah. um oh but speaking of the face um you also shared with us this um faces through century Oh yeah that's funny yeah
2: I don't know who the artist is
0: but there's it's pretty some, silly there's an artist that um transitions old to art like it's art historical paintings to and he does some nicely textured Photoshop and makes them look very realistic. Um, I was really into this rendition of Abraham Lincoln when he goes from you know the famous portrait to kind of a contemporary man in i don't know Manhattan i don't know what okay. where he? he looks like nice. yeah he looks like
2: Gabriel Byrne
0: yeah and I like what, like he had this like nasal labial wrinkle. (laughs) Cool how it like preserved through time.
2: I have seen. Haven't you seen an eternal nose? When you see someone's nose and it's just so wonderful. Yes.
1: God. Yes. Classic eternal nose. Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: Some parts. Some people's parts. I I love that experience. though, looking at someone and I was feeling that in Greece a lot. Like I would mm -hmm. be on the train and I was like, oh my god, Greek
0: nose. The eternal mm. nose. Mm. Some people have
2: really cute ears that I find to be kind of eternal. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, certain parts. It's strange that I have to chop off the part and be like, that is the... But it's true, though. Like, some, sometimes you see it. Maybe it's just beauty, you know? You see this, yeah. and it has this, like, resonance. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. I was curious if Rio has any... Um, so it's like, oh, have, you, have you noticed this relationship like, to, to time and like, yeah, eternity? What I was is thinking
1: this? about that this morning because there's something kind of... And Rio's three, yeah? Yeah, and he's three. three. Yeah. There was something, I mean, you know, to, I, kind of like how you described with your feelings. Like, I think feelings will last forever. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say that you're like three <laughs> <no. Maybe. laughs> Because it's <laughs> just human. But, and, but there's also something kind of comforting about the total, like, he has no grasp on amounts of time like he says everything will be for eight minutes Hmm. like i'll say oh "Oh, we're gonna leave in two minutes and he'll say no eight minutes like to eight minutes him eight minutes is enough yeah time that's cool and will always be enough time interesting
2: yeah that's a good that's a good method i'm gonna pick that up (laughs) i also like there's something cool about eight minutes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you can endure anything for eight minutes
0: eight minutes
2: yeah Yeah.
1: and you can enjoy anything for For eight eight minutes.
2: minutes yeah divide the day it's quite healthy that perspective
0: I think you can probably divide the whole day 24 into hours into minutes. 8 minute it chunks is dividable, it? it's dividable
2: that way quite evenly yeah. it can easily become an OCD thing I always have to warn but <laughs> if it can be held loosely True. I completely condone the 8 minute therapy yes
1: <laughs> I'm going to practice
0: it today manageable yeah. time.
2: time. can ring a little bell every 8 minutes yeah oh. Oh.
0: I don't know. Well, the watch, the time, yeah, sense of time and counting time. Oh, yes, I also um, read something. This was sort of triggered by someone. Someone t- sent me a photo of themselves, and you know, they prominently show their watch, which was funny. <laughs> you know, like, why? I think it was just like a selfie, but, you know, like, for some reason the wrist was there with the watch. <laughs> yeah. um, and maybe the watch was nice, but I couldn't tell the brand. Anyway, so but then I came across some writing I think eternally in the Guardian, the eternal newspaper that I read. <laughs> but how how the wa- watch wearing is, you know, just on the notion of watch wearing today when we all have phones at show time, mm. so it's not it's not really about, is it about usefulness? It's, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. more, it's more sort of a fashion, it's kind of a fashion yes, statement and,
2: yeah. It could be like a statement of, um, I'm trying to be in the moment with you, I'm not gonna have my phone out, mm-hmm. here's my watch, I'm, I'm committed to this. Like when I'm teaching, I usually wear a watch because I don't think it's cool to just walk around with your phone around a bunch of second graders, you know? Oh,
0: yes, mm-hmm. so you do wear, I didn't mm-hmm. know, okay. Yeah. So I never wear. Yeah,
2: but I also think like in the in the culture that could be a thing. You know, I have friends who are like flip phone people, and they don't ever get their phone out in the middle of a conversation. Yes. You know, so it's it's culturally kind of cool in yeah. some circles to not be a phone person. You know, maybe that. I'm mm. th- I mean, that's the best possible way I could assess yeah. it. Actually, that's the most generous. But people do like expensive ass watches that are right, really right. It's big, an investment,
0: and, and there's yeah yeah there's a whole completely a whole, yeah. whole, whole thing of Eternal,
2: yeah. yeah um, I, I have to say, I was thinking about this and I was like, Oh, duh. I work with old people, so I have to bring this in. That we, I do talk to my clients sometimes about their sense of their future time, <laughs> and um, your sense of how much time you have left in your life really mm-hmm. affects your relationship to the eternal sometimes. Um, and then just like spiritually, or just in terms of how you structure your life, and then you know, like your relationship to like life and death and suffering sometimes can affect that too right Mm -hmm. like I used to get really sick and it would be cool because after I mean it'd be terrible to get really 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 sick but then after it was over I always had like such an appreciation for my life and I felt really great that I was alive and it would wear off after about six months (laughs) and I would forget you know and and I would just kind of live in the same consciousness of like you know, needing an eight minute timer because something sucks or whatever, and
0: uh, <laughs> mm. and
2: uh, so I have had the thought I'm not willing it to happen, but um, yeah, I was like, oh, I you know, could use some more perspective right now. So I try to keep that perspective. I don't know, but like, it's it's hard. It's kind of interesting. It's like we don't know how to live in terms of the eternal, like because our lives are finite, we don't really live that way. Mm-hmm. We kind of, or I don't, like it's hard to think of it that way. We think as if we are eternal, like we always existed. Of course, yes. Mm-hmm. That's cool that consciousness does that for us though, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but we're not. And uh, yeah, it makes things interesting. Yeah.
1: know, that just reminded me again, thinking about, you know, children, or at least Rio, like his sense of his, Eternalness also goes back in time, right? Like he can't understand of a time before he right. existed. Right. Mm-hmm. So all, all the time. you know, so it's like he has always, yeah, he where he is right now in his development, he has always existed. Oh wow, yeah, which I guess it. moves forward into time too, right? Yeah, will really always exist.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that he has been alive for three years and he thinks he's eternal. Yes, a tiny <laughs> I love, of time. That. I love <laughs> like how short of a time yes. it seems I love it. To us, human, to you know three years, I don't yeah. think it didn't but then it's also like for him that is the entirety of existence yeah. and mm-hmm. just the different measures that the same amount of time yeah, can take. Scale of eternity. Yeah.
2: When my uh, nephew was born he was really small and I remember one time I was holding him. It's you know, that time right after six months, you know, he was six months old. He looked up at me and I was sure that he was an older person. And it wasn't because he had a wrinkly baby face. Mm -hmm. Like I was sure he was someone else. It was just like this flicker because I'm a weirdo. And it was in the middle of the night, right? So, okay. But it felt like he had not fully reincarnated or something. (laughs) I know that's weird. Mm -hmm. But my question, I'll fully own that 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 happened. And he became himself more as he aged and you know, isn't now seven and stuff. But, um, I kind of believe in reincarnation. Okay. So I'll like put it out there, but, um, have you ever had the experience that you meet a new person and they remind you not, not just like, Oh, they remind me of that person. But it's like, they really remind you of someone else to the, to the feeling that maybe those people are connected in some way, or, um, I don't know, like, I have this, maybe it's like a book I read a long time ago, but this sense that, like, I keep meeting the same couple people over and over again. Not two, but maybe there's, like, a set of 20 people. This is a very trippy thing, I'm saying. Um, But, like, with my clients that I'll meet, like, I met 200 older people, you know, last year. And they would remind me of students I had had or people I have known, and not in this way of, like, familiarity, Hmm. but in this way of, like, how is it that you're just like, you know, this energy that I'm getting? I, th- I think I've justified it with astrology or just kookiness. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's this feeling of like, no, wait a minute. I understand <laughs> there's something familiar about this person. And I've never met that before. And I have it sometimes. You have, do you ever have that? I mean, everyone does, right? Are you like, you're brand new. I don't know you at all. Yeah. What do you think?
0: No. I She's like think crazy. <laughs> I could be I just never have that. I mean sometimes I have that when I meet people and I feel kind of instantly comfortable with them, but I just think it comes down to Well
2: yeah, that's related, yeah. You and know, the cultural
0: moment? I don't know, maybe like attraction, cultural mm-hmm. coinciding, but not, yeah. I never really feel that way.
1: Mm-hmm. No. Do you? Oh no, Jenny, I'm just so curious. Are the people that feel the same to you? They're all alive right now. Like there are people that
2: you, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember where, okay, so I've had this feeling and I, you know, I've always been kind of this way, so I don't know, but I had this feeling since I was a kid that this is a thing that happens, uh, that yeah, that people are reincarnated, that, that there are maybe like, I don't know, maybe families of different types of people, or maybe see it could just be astrology where it's like they have know. the same signs. And then, it, I don't know, it's very trippy. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but I remember I read in a Kurt Vonnegut book uh, that there were, that he named this and that there were these, I forget what it's called, but there are like these seven, seven camps of people or whatever. And that when you meet people, it's like when I meet, I've met a couple people in my life and I'm like, oh my God, they're from my group. They're from my camp or whatever. Hmm. And I have I just got it from reading this like fiction book, but this is something like related to that where it's like oh I get you, um, but yeah it's almost like it's almost like I would believe if you had told me that they were related to that other child that I knew a long time ago. You know that it would make sense to me, but there's no real reason for their relation. They just feel related. yeah.
0: I think for me, I think it just it would test if I had that experience, it would just testify to certain commonalities and human... Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. I mean, you could uh, totally explain it that way. You
0: know, and and kind of reassuring that people, um, yeah, culture, different people... Right? Like yeah, the culture, the, culture, or culture, or sometimes it's just, I think it's sometimes you meet someone who looks like someone, you know, and there's this kind of yeah. charming right. incidents. Yes, of, yeah, of, of so, yeah. nature when we're presented yeah. with. I think it reminds me of how we are all sort of unique, but also not connected connected. Mm -hmm.
2: maybe there's a pattern there's some sort of pattern i'm picking up on and it doesn't have to be in some trippy you know joe kind of situation though i'm fine if it is um it's a selfie
0: stick it might be a bit of a selfie stick situation but um,
2: but still maybe there's a consistency in people you know like these patterns of being or something that we have that are eternal and and yet in the same way, like everything is brand new. You know, everything is new as it's built, as it's born. Mm. But, but yet, yeah, part of uh, I don't know a long story of change and yeah. transformation and inner inner relation. Yeah, perhaps. Sorry, a very trippy moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Marianne Williamson. This podcast. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, <But>. Hello, Marianne. <laughs>
2: she's welcome we miss her in the debate
0: yeah I know know. it would have been nice to have a little bit
2: of love it was really sweet when she endorsed Bernie I really love the way she said it it was nice Mm -hmm. she tweeted about it she was like I'm so honored to endorse him for the president it was beautiful
0: yeah I'm also honored to remember
2: that y'all remember when she was just debating and every it was so fun and we were like yeah this is gonna be so fun I miss it I just
0: yeah I was concerned I think, <laughs> but also it was unsure. It was weird. Yeah, I think so many things are eternal right now. It's hard to grapple them. Like I just had my phone. Um, I had upgraded to the, my phone eleven, and it doesn't. The previous phone I had had that, a discernible rectangle in which images would appear, but this new one is has this like. Beveled edge that seems to bleed with reality. Um, Whoa! And it has a face idea, so I'm just scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem to have a concrete square somehow anymore. It's just yeah. had this strange contour inside, which everything happens: messages, mm-hmm. heartbreaks, images, yeah. writing, and everything. Anyway, it's merging. Um, the phone is eternal. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Well, I think it is time to conclude this entertainment. Um, For the afternoon. That's right. I don't know. Anyone else has anything to say to hum? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sweet songs. (laughs) Sweet songs for the plague times. (laughs) Indeed. Okay. We will uh, be returning. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, Johnny. Bye, y'all. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.